thank you, Jesus. We say that over every part of our life. Jesus, you be lifted up over every bit of it, over every part, over our pride, be lifted up higher. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 over our career, be lifted up higher. Lord, oh, over any thought, be lifted up higher. Higher and higher and higher and higher. From glory to glory we go. Higher and higher and higher and higher. From glory to glory we go. Hallelujah. Let's say that together. From higher and higher and higher and higher. From glory to glory we go. One more time. Higher and higher and higher and higher. From glory to glory we go. One more time. Higher and higher and higher and higher. From glory to glory we go. Now say it, declare it over you, yourself. Higher and higher and higher we go. From glory to glory I go. Hallelujah. I go from glory to glory because he's magnified. He's constantly ahead of me. Mm, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are leading us to our promised land. You're leading us to green pastures. Hallelujah. That is, that is grass that was made specifically for sheep. Thank you, Lord. We're, we're in your pasture. We're following the voice of the good shepherd in every decision. Following the inward man. Following the inward voice. Hallelujah. And Lord, we say be lifted up over our finances. Be lifted up over our marriage. Hallelujah. Be lifted up over our children over our homes, Lord, in our schools. Hallelujah. Be lifted up everywhere we look. Do we just keep seeing you lifted up? We keep talking about you being lifted up. We keep lifting you up with our words and our conversations with our coworkers, just lifting Jesus higher. You said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So, Lord, we lift you up. We exalt you. We promote you. Hallelujah. We promote you. We promote you. We promote you. Hallelujah. Lord, the days of me promoting me are over. Hallelujah. From this day forward, I choose to promote you. By faith, I promote you. I promote you. I promote you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise the Lord. He's a promotion worth having. Isn't he? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, really glad to be here. This is my beautiful wife talented wife, lovely wife. This is Miss Kirsten. You can just call her Kirsten. I call her Miss Kirsten. She makes me. But, uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Can everyone smile real big at me? I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to smile real big and I want you to point at me. I know we're taught not to point at each other. Come on, point at me. I want you to say, you, you. are the best looking preacher. <laughs> and some of you aren't following <laughs> I've ever heard. Amen. I received that. Amen. I appreciate that. Man, you could just stay in this atmosphere. I don't know how, if we know how good we have it here. You know, you you only know how good you have it here when you go someplace else who ain't got what you got. Man, there's just a real nice presence of God uh, in this place every time we come to this place. It's just this thick anointing. It just makes you want to uh, lift him up. That's right. Just, just stay in his presence and lift him up and just keep lifting him up. And, and uh, sometimes it's hard to get out of this flow. Amen. So don't take it home with you. Amen. 
If you haven't gotten this book, I encourage you. Uh, man, it's good. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be teaching out of this tonight. From Devastation to Restoration by Dr. Jerry Seville. And uh, anyway, just want to put the plug out there for that. Uh, get this book and, and get it for your kids and get it for uh, anyone you know that just needs a good bump. Come on. That's right. <laughs> From the looks of some of you, you need a good bump. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Because you're so good looking. Amen. The world needs to know who you are. Amen. Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, you ought to get to know that. I'll just flow for a second. Uh, Dr. Rick, Pastor Rick told me I could just flow. But, but I tell you, uh, we ought to get out there and get to know some people who are stuck in the world and, be, and befriend them. And uh, they'll never know Jesus until they get to know you. You know, you're the only Jesus many people will ever see. Amen. You're the only Jesus many people will ever see. And, and it's, good to, it's good to make yourself available to people who don't know him. And, and uh, maybe they think they don't want to know him. But though they don't know him, they can get to know you if you're nice to them and, and kind. Amen. Because that's who we are. I remember uh, several years, many years ago now, uh, I was pastoring a church up in New England. And the Lord put it on my heart. And it, it went on for months. And I just kept preaching on kindness. Kindness, kindness, kindness. Just every service preaching on walking in love. But that word kindness came up on the inside. I literally had people in my church saying, uh, Pastor Joey, are we ever going to get out of this, this kindness thing that we're in right now? And, and, and you know, is there anything else? Because it was like 12 weeks, 14, 16 weeks, just teaching on uh, how, how, how the church is called to be kind. Amen. You know, God's calling us to be kind. To be kinder than we've ever been. Amen. To be, to be a, a symbol. You know, uh, to be uh, 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 spiritual, you're never more spiritual than, than you are kind. It's just not, that's a farce. That's a smokescreen. Amen. You know, it doesn't matter how, how many miracles you have. Come on. How big your ministry is. That's right. If you're not kind, the Bible says it's, it's a noise. That's right. Amen. That's right. And I believe the Lord's calling us as the body to, to uh, we always talk about love, but you know, uh, the second part of love is kindness. Love is patient and love is kind. That's right. And so two things the Lord is, is calling me to uh, in these last days like never before is to be the most patient person people have met. And my wife can tell you I'm really working that out. And it's happening. Amen. It's by faith. Uh, but, but, but to be the kindest person anyone's ever met. If the Lord tarries is coming and, and I, 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 you know, live out my, my full course and, and I will. And in and, and, and one of these days, uh, you know, if it's 100 years from now. And, and uh, well, I'd be 139. That'd be, that'd be wild. Tomorrow's my birthday. And... Uh, <laughs> But, but if there ever was, and I believe I'm a part of that generation, we're, we're seeing Jesus come back. It's, man, everything's happened. It's all been fulfilled except for his coming. And man, you don't even have to uh, flip on the news for five minutes to, to, to see that the signs of the time say he, he's right around the corner. It could be any moment. 
And it's so important right now, this isn't my sermon, but it's so important right now that, that, that our heart, you know, so often we're praying, Lord, use me in the miraculous. You know, it'd be miraculous for your coworkers to, to meet somebody on the job that you work that has, that has kindness in their eyes at 8 a.m. in the morning. It would be a miracle. It would be the greatest miracle of most people's week or month or even year to have one kind word, not a spiritual word, not something you dug up and tried to sound pretty with. Listen. Amen. But, but a word of encouragement. So often we miss the uh, supernatural looking for the spectacular. Man, you blow people's mind if you just determine yourself that for that eight hours a day or 10 hours or 12 hours a day or 40 hours a week or however long you work, that, that those hours I'm not only going to work hard and, and do the best I can for the kingdom, but I'm going to be the kindest person anyone's ever met. Amen. Thank you for those few amens. That's Bible, man. That's 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Amen. And I just thank God that... that uh, Man, I don't care if the Lord ever uses me again uh, to, to uh, open blind eyes uh, or, or raise the dead. We've seen blind eyes open. I have yet personally to see anyone, any dead person raised. But two years ago, we were in Mexico. We didn't even lay hands on anybody. We just prayed a general prayer. I'd preach my guts out and, and just didn't want to let them go. And, uh, and, and just gave them both barrels, as they say. And then I realized we, you know, there was 200 people there wanting uh, hands laid on them. And we just didn't have time. And so I said, well, if you're here and you need, you need prayer, well, a bunch of people stood up and we just prayed. And then I turned it back over to the pastor and, and, and I just prayed that the Lord would show himself real, show himself good, show himself faithful and show himself kind to everybody in the room. You know, this little old lady, as soon as I hand, this is the truth, is it not? This little old lady come walking down front, and, and I don't speak real good Spanish yet, but she, she grabbed that microphone from the pastor's hand. Nobody asked her to come down, and she was rambling off and on and just talking. And I, I said, what's she saying? And the pastor said, something about her eyes. She can see. And, and she, you know, she had been struck blind seven years before. There was a, a clot, a blood clot in, in her eye, and she woke up one morning blind in that eye. And Jesus showed himself kind to her. You want to see the miraculous? Walk in supernatural kindness. And expect nothing in return. Amen. That's how he loves us. His love is always first. Amen. When he talks about his first love, see, your, your stuff's getting off on me and now it's getting into my message. But, you know, his love for us always comes first. It's not possible for us to love him first. Right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. On, Do you know you are his first love? Because he loved you first. He's always going to have that on you. Amen. As much as you tell him, hey, man, I'm getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. As, as much as you, you tell him how much you love him, he's always going to love you more. Amen. As much as you worship him and tell him how good he is, he's always going to love you more. Amen. He's always going to be, he's going to have more adjectives about your goodness and about how, how faithful you've been. And you just keep coming right back with him with, Lord, you're so good. And he's going, I think you're good too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, God can out um, uh, compliment you. In every language on the planet. And then languages that nobody's ever heard. That's right. You know, God's compliments have, you, have us outnumbered every day of our lives. That's, right. That's all he's doing all day. 
If you stop and listen to his voice, he is, he is, yeah, I know he's sitting down, but I like to picture him pacing, just walking the floor with me going, Joey, you are the man. Oh man, I did good when I created you. And then he'll go off on my wife. Man, she's foxy. Look at what I did for you. She's so fine. Man, you don't deserve her, but see, that's my grace on you. And that's all God's saying to you. You know, God ain't never feeding you a negative line. Yeah. God ain't never giving you a negative uh, line or negative vibe. That's the enemy. The Bible says, Jesus said in John 10, 10, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, God's never trying to put you in your place, so to speak, in a negative way. All God's got for you is good because all he is is good. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to feed your faith so that you can go out and feed other people's faith. That we serve a good God. Amen. Amen. Even in his correction, he has this way of doing it that just makes you happy. (laughs) Amen. Because his correction is blessing. His correction is love. His correction, it's awesome. Only God could do that. Man, to be more like Jesus. And this is what we're striving, me and my wife, to be more like Jesus. In this year. Now we know we're just like him. First John 4 17 says, As he is, so are we now in this earth. You're just like him. You're just like him now. You're not going to be any more like him than you are. But I want to have a greater understanding of what being like him is in this year, in this season of my life, than ever before. And the thing that keeps coming to me from his word in every message is I got to be kinder. I got to be more generous. I got to go out of my way. To show people how good he is. On, That's good. And I got this big revelation way back then when I was pastoring. You know, it's hard for people to uh, find a love for God if they don't like me. You got to think about that. You know, we always talk about taking responsibility. It would be hard for somebody that doesn't know Jesus. And my job is to present him. Because the Bible said, uh, 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 Mark 16, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That, that, that's a command that none of us get to escape. That's not just for Pastor Rick or Pastor Cassie or Dr. Savell or Miss Carolyn. No, that's not just for Pastor Justin or Mr. Miss Annette or someone with a degree or, or this and that or whoever's holding the microphone. That's for all of us. That's right. That's right. But it is time Amen. that the world Amen. at least finds a liking Hello? Now, this isn't too deep. Listen, you got neighbors you don't like. You got neighbors that don't like you. How are we going to introduce our neighbors to Jesus if we don't like one another? You can be as spiritual as you want. My, am I preaching this right now? You can be as spiritual as you want to be and talk as spiritual as you want. But here's the deal. If people don't like you... Right? This isn't rocket science. And I know I can hear some of you thinking, well, the Bible says the world's going to hate us. Well, I think we're there. (laughs) It ain't got to stay that way, though. He said we would be hated for his name's sake, but that's no reason to be mean. That's no reason. He didn't say use that as an excuse for acting out and goofing off. And then slapping his word on. That's a misappropriation of word. You're reading that thing wrong. No, no, I got to do everything I can. I got I to uh, uh, believe God with all my faith in every possible area to the point of bending over backwards to make people love me. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. You might as well amen it. Amen. Amen. Some of you could use a good dose of kindness. Amen. And all I'm going to do is just just feed you with some kind words tonight. That'd be all right. Amen. I didn't come to really teach anything deep. I just want to um, I want to be a blessing to you and, and an encouragement. And I want this time together that you go home and go, man, hey, that that guy had that was pretty good. Instead of you going, well, I hope they don't have him back. Amen. You don't have to work really hard tonight to dislike me. Because I'm getting pretty good at this kindness thing. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I better get into my sermon. That's message one. Now, I only have seven. This is called Filmatic. Stay full. I was once so problematic, stuck in the attic of the mindset, mediocrity, faceless, baseless. Oh, man, I felt faithless. Didn't know if I was coming or going, hoping that my unbelief wasn't showing. All the while asking God to keep me going, keep me growing, before the people of the steeple still fronting like I was still flowing. Shameful, blameful, and as far as excuses, I had a gangful. Living like I was brokenhearted, long lost like the dearly departed. But the truth is, I was not. By the devil's arrows, I was shot, but not forgot by my Lord. I just needed to pick back up my sword. Get back to my faith's confession. Stop talking lost. Take out my cross and the word is my possession. Read my Bible. Get me an iPhone. Stop talking or praying about it and have a personal revival. Oh, shoot. I'm about to boot, loot, and rob the devil of his props. So many scriptures coming out. My mouth sounded like 10 L.A. cops. Crash, boom, bang, in a riot. Don't test me. Don't try it. Get fat on the word. No diet. No letting loose of it. Squeeze your Bible so hard you get the juice of it. No excuses, no recluses. Let's go back to building up truces. I'm talking godly relationship. Bip, bip, bip. Oh, what a trip. I saw the devil out back scolding demons about how all of them have slipped. They ain't got a chance. Look out now, I'm about to dance. I'm getting riled. I'm feeling loose now. Just a little bit of Jesus talk giving me all the juice now. Holy cow and holy moly, I can now go boldly into the holy of holies and get that mercy treat. Yeah, I'm in that mercy seat, sitting fat with grace, sitting flat in my place, in his face. Grace, grace found, grace bound. Look out, brother, sister, you is on grace ground. No lying, no dying, no need for more trying. Time to rely on, time to retry on, keeping your ear and keeping your eye on. Put on that grace garment. Run your race, darn it. Don't let this stay a mystery. I've been preaching lately about rewriting your history. Lifting up to bring it down. Giving up my old hat for a brand new crown. And like my bro minister said, I'll be waving my flag and it's blood-stained red. And to all that are hard of hearing, yo, listen up quick. It's the anointing that you're feeling and it's coming on thick. It's getting crunk up in here. Tune me in, tune the devil out, and lend me your ear. Stand here, stay near, let me get my hands on you, and we cast out all fear. Oh, dear, good gravy, it's like the Lord's army and his navy. Faith talking, now boldness rising. I exchange my old ways for his new ways prizing. I prize him when I praise him. You got two good hands, now raise them. Set the roof on fire and some tongue talking. Get your praise on people, but let's keep walking. And I walk by faith. Not by sight, yo. And it's faith in his grace that give me might, yo. And it's the truth that's fire for my life, yo. And the same kind of faith I found in my wife, yo. Amen. Wow. Praise the Lord. Now I'm like your typical 1950s preacher. 
four points in a poem, and I started with the poem so you can cross that off your list. <laughs> I want to talk to you out of this book that's just, I know I'm going to have to read it several times. It's, it's that good, but um, from devastation to restoration, it, it could literally be the, the anthem of my life. And uh, I, I believe tonight I'm supposed to, hopefully I'm supposed to cover chapter 11. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good one. This is a word that the Lord gave me uh, last month, actually when we were up in New England. I wanted to share this as I'm starting here. The devil is forever trying to disconnect you in your mind from the Spirit of God. He tries to make you feel as if God is distant. But the Holy Spirit has forever, everyone say forever, forever, connected you to Jesus, whether you feel like it or not. And Jesus has forever, everyone say forever, forever. connected you to our Abba Father, our Daddy God. And listen to this, nothing can ever change that. Hallelujah. Nothing. For there is nothing greater than his grip on us. Amen. 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 We're in his hand, no matter what. You know, you're in his hand because of Jesus, because of you, you've confessed him as Lord, you've believed in your heart, you've confessed him as Lord, and you are forever in his hand, and nothing can change that. Amen. If I never see you again, remember, if you don't listen to any other thing that I say for the rest of the night, hear me, nothing can change that. Not how you feel, not your personal performance, nothing's going to change it. He's got you. He's got you. I know, I know people who grew up in church as young people, and they're not serving the Lord today. They're not even sure if, if there ever was a God in their life. And all I can say to them is, when we get to heaven, I'll get to say, I told you so. I'll see you later. We've had people uh, leave, leave churches, get offended, and, and just give up on God, give up on Christianity. And, and, and hear me, nothing's going to change it. God doesn't change his mind about them. Amen. My prayer life can't be based on my personal performance. It can only be based on his performance. See, it's his ability that, can, that has and can continually take a person from a devastating time to complete and total restoration. And it can work, it, it'll work for everybody. Amen. From devastation to restoration. You know, somewhere in the middle comes revelation. Yeah. Man, you can have the worst time in your life, and, 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 and all of a sudden, you can hear one word. It really can happen. You can hear one word, and by revelation, you know, God only needs one word. To put the sun in the, in the sky, all he needed was that one word, light. <laughs> he said, light be, light was. That's what the original text. Light be, light was. I'm getting ahead of myself. Nothing can change that. Not sin, hear me. Not catastrophe. Nothing you face. Nothing that has happened. Nothing that will happen. Past, present, or future. He's got you. Don't let the enemy talk you out of where you're seated. Amen. Here's the thing. Your position isn't going to change. You'll still be seated with Jesus. The difference is, is will you see it that way? That's right. I'm never leaving his side. 
If I'm going to be seated right there. If I walked away from church and, and didn't read my Bible for the next five years, I'm still seated right there, whether I feel like it or not, whether I talk like it or not. What's greater? What's greater than his love? Is there anything greater than the blood of Jesus? You say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, you can't argue with my testimony because there was a time not that many years ago that I was ready to give up and I had every earthly reason to do so. But his love was greater. His love was greater than my bitterness. His love was greater than my questions of why, Lord, I served you as good as anybody else did. Why is this happening? Why am I facing this? Why am I going through this? Why, why, why the public embarrassment, Lord? If you're so good, I remember talking to the Lord. I remember cussing the Lord. Not in front of people, of course. You can't do that as a minister. Well, I guess you could, but you're probably not going invite, to get invited to anywhere but comedy clubs. I guess it worked for Sam Kennison for a short time. Sam will see you up there. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I've learned not to argue with that. Just to thank him for it. Amen. You know, I get to serve him better and, and, and love him better when I realize it's not about anything I could do. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Amen. He's so good. Look at Romans 8 for a minute. Man, it is easy to preach in this place. And man, I'm a good preacher. Amen. 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 I know I am because Rick keeps telling me I am. Faith comes by hearing. I just about got it, I think. <laughs> Romans eight thirty five. Oh, I like this. I'd like to just read the whole thing. But Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation... Or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, or ugly people, <laughs> or hating on words, discouragement. Can that separate us from the love of Christ? As it's written, for thy sake, we're killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, though, <laughs> in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, and I want to say this like it's coming from me, because this is my confession. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor angels, nor angels. That's a biggie. You throw that in there. I mean, we're, we're talking about our own team now. Not even an angel can separate me from the love of Christ. Man, that's wild. Because angels are big and bad to the bizone. Nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present. Things present can't separate me. Man, I can't get off of this. Some of your children who are away from God, listen, they ain't that far away. They're just not that far away. You might not have seen them in a minute, as they say. You getting that? That's the first time I've ever used that expression. In fact, I usually pick on those who do. Because most of the people I know, that just doesn't fit. You know, that's like something... Anyway. But maybe you hadn't seen loved ones. 
in a while. And maybe the enemy's tried to discourage you. That your prayers ain't working. Hear me. They're not that far away. Man, in the spirit, we're all just right there, aren't we? We're just all, we're just all right there. Amen. Let this sink in because this is, we're flowing now. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's really flowing. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Man, you ought to feed on that when you get out of here. You ought to read that a few times tonight. You ought to read that when the devil's trying to discourage you that things aren't happening, your faith's not working. Listen, as long as, check this out. As long as I'm in his hand, I'm in his love because his love is his grip on me. His love is him. I won't go through all the scriptures, but 1 John 4, 7 and 8 defines exactly who and what God is. He is love. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God, knoweth God. He that loves not, knoweth not God. Why? For God is love. His love is not only his grip on me, his love is him in me. His love shown forth is him through me. His love to me is his love on me. Amen. And the thing is, it's there whether I feel it or not. That's right. You might be in a place of, of devastation right now. But here's the thing. In the spirit realm, there's no devastation in his hand. So I present to you, though you're feeling and though you're physically seeing, and you might even outwardly be experiencing devastation, you're still in a place of restoration. Now you explain that to me. I don't know how to explain it. There's a lot of things I can't explain. And there's a lot of things that you say you believe that you can't explain either. Explain this to me. Woman, virgin, has baby. Baby lives his whole life without ever saying a bad word, doing a bad thing, never sinned. Somehow, this baby prophesied about, somehow, every book in the Bible happens to be about him. He's always been, they say, always was, always will be. The I am, the great I am, the alpha, the omega. Born of a virgin. You explain this. And somehow that man's blood shed on a cross after he was beaten and torn and ripped. Somehow them putting nails in his hands and in his feet was able to deliver you. Now you explain that to me. You know, there's a lot of things you can't explain. There's just some things go, no explanation needed. I just believe it. Amen. Amen. I just believe it. You know, there's some things that God just keeps presenting to us. He's like, hey, don't try and figure it out. Just believe it. Just believe it. If you're in a place of devastation, believe this. You're in a place of restoration. Right now. Right here. Some of you may have lost your house some years ago, and you can't believe it is taking this long to get back to where you once were. You're already there. Let this sink in. You say, what do you mean I'm already there? Is this a mind over matter? No, just, just receive it. I'm already there. Amen. I'm already there. I already have my house. Hallelujah. Yeah. And by faith, I, I, I believe I receive it. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. We are moving on up. Yeah. Amen. To the east side. To a deluxe apartment. <laughs> Man, I got off there for a minute. See, you didn't think I knew that one, did you? I'm from the old school. <laughs> See, you're already there. He knows the end from the beginning. Amen. 
I'm going to get some of you to smile. I can, I can tell you're fighting it. His love is his grip on you. His love is him living in you. His love is him working through you. You are his beloved. And he is love. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, better move on. It is so vitally important. I got to read some of this because this is fresh off the press. One, I've never preached this message before. And two, I just got it about an hour or so ago. It's so vitally important that we have this as our outlook. That no matter what, nothing can ever come between me and him. No matter what. This situation, this ain't coming between me and God. This didn't take God by storm. It didn't catch him off guard. It may have caught me off guard. You know, that's the funny thing. Man, we're going deep for a minute. You know you're never caught off guard. Your flesh might be caught off guard, but the Bible says you already know all things. So whatever caught you off guard, it didn't catch you off guard. It may have caught you off guard and you off guard and you off guard, but it didn't catch you off guard. Now, if, you, if, if you're listening by radio or something, you might not get this. But, but it may have caught you off guard and you off guard, but, but it didn't catch you off guard. See, th- this ain't you. This ain't me. Amen. This ain't us. On the inside, we know all things. We've been given all things. Everything's been laid out. We have been predestined for greatness. There is a plan in here, alive in here, twain with his word in here, uh, surrounded in his anointing in here, and he's in here, and me in here, and we in here. It's all there. So when I say... You may be in a place of devastation. You're already in that place of restoration. I'm looking at you funny because some of you are looking at me funny. Amen. I'm only going to get goofier as the time goes on. That's one thing I know. It's so vitally important that we know and we have this Man, this book talks about our, our outlook. Yeah. And that's really what I want to I dive into for the next few minutes. Man, outlook is, is not everything, but it's almost everything. Thank God for his grace because he, he can see what you can't see. And he's seen what hasn't even happened yet. Man. And he's already there because he stands in the middle of the time. Now, I've tried to explain this before, but, but God stands in the middle of time. And, and God can be everywhere at once. And not only that, he is everywhere at once. And so time just operating around him. You know, uh, there is no past, present, or future. It's always now with God. Right. And so right now, God, this is a far out thought, but that's all I got because I'm far out. Listen, my wife can testify to that. He's far out. He's, she's told people that I've heard her. Pray for me. But, but, but God, you know, how many know the Civil War's history? But God's right there. He can't be everywhere at once if he's not right there. Hello? Is this too trippy? Some of you are looking at me like I turned into Bill Nye the science guy for a minute. But see, if he truly is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, omnipresent has no, no, no beginning or no end. It, it just is. You say, well, what, what's that? You're saying God's at the Civil War right now. Hear me. God's in your last week right now. Uh. See, this will give you hope for 
tomorrow, and it will change the way you pray today, knowing that, that God is in last week, and you'll have no excuses anymore. He takes away the excuses when you realize he can tweak last week for tomorrow if you'll have faith to believe him now. Do you know how that works? Maybe you went through devastation several years ago. And maybe that's been the, the, the barcode of your life that the enemy has tried to register every thought and every possibility only has filtered through and every hope and limited hope at that has all been based on this stamp of what happened two years ago, a year ago, last month, six years ago, when you were a little kid. And so anytime somebody comes to preach faith to you, the enemy wants you to filter it through past experience. But see, God is there in past, in the past experience. And now that you have faith right now, you can believe him and say, Lord, thank you. I'm not living by the past, but Lord, I ask you to fix my past as if it never happened. That's what the power of redemption does. That's how I can say, you're already in restoration. You say, Joey, I have been devastated. You have no idea. The phone call I got today, maybe you were fired today. And maybe you don't want me, this crazy dude with a hula shirt on (laughs) and cowboy boots, telling you, That you're already in a place of pressure. I'm telling you, you're already there. Because he's already there. He knows the end from the beginning. Do you see how that works? Mm -hmm. There were several years in my life where I did blame the Lord. Not to anybody but him. And I really got out of a place where I stopped vocalizing my blame. But I felt like the Lord owed me something. Because I was blindsided in a, in a big area of my life. And I thought it wasn't fair. And, 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 you know, life's not fair. You know, even the world knows that. Part of growing up and being a man and being a grown-up, being a woman, is, is realizing that life's not fair. Hello? But see, the grace of God's not fair either. It always gives you an advantage over everything and everybody else. Yeah, it does. See, that's another harsh thing you got to just accept. Don't argue with it. Hello? It doesn't make you better than everybody else, but, but, but it gives you an edge because he in you is better than everybody else. And so in essence, like you have an edge over everybody else because he's so good and he's in you. So when you go to like a, 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 a job interview, just know you're getting it. And, and it, it, if it's not given to you, it's only because there's a better one. Hello? See, knowing that he's everywhere at once, if I didn't get the job or I lost the job that I had, it's only because I'm in restoration. And with restoration comes promotion. Promotion. Benefits. Full benefits. Insurance. Man. Good ins- the good kind. The kind with dental. <laughs> and not this, well, you know, $300 copay will match you up to this and that. No, I mean the full thing. Like, like what, you know, the, the big guys get. 
Hello? Amen. Man, start thinking restoration. Amen. Everyone say restore. restore. Say restore. restore. Man, I'm acting silly, but it's fun. Say restore. restore. No, you got to say it like this. Say restore. restore. Yeah. Amen. See, some of you are loosening up a little bit. I can feel it. We're about to go somewhere now. Say this out loud. No matter what, nothing can come between me and God. Not sin, not pain, not circumstance. Not hurt. Nobody. Nobody. Say it like this. Say nobody. Nobody. Nothing Nothing. can come between me and God God. forever. Forever. Amen. 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 Look at Romans. uh, Well, we're already in Romans 8. Look over at verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? He gives this whole list before that, and we won't go in. But what shall we say to these things? Or really, what do we say to anything? If God is for us, who can be against us? Never forget whose team you're on. You know, Rick's all about winning. In fact, Rick came in the other day, and we were playing golf, and he said, All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I got money on my mind. Anyway, if you haven't heard that song, well, you're not missing anything. But it's a, it's a motto. It's the champion's motto. It's the winner's hashtag. All I do is win. All we do is win, Rick. You know, the Lord brought Rick into my life to, to remind me that all I do is win. All we do is win. You know, even when the devil thinks he got you good, he got one over on you, all you do is win. Because you're, you're still in that place of perfect restoration. It, it don't matter if, man, you know, he got your house or he got your car or he got your job. He didn't get nothing. All you did was take a step up for promotion because you're in that place of restoration. Constant restoration. It's, it's like infinite. It's like, um, what's that movie where the, the guy, get, he, though he gets hit with a bullet, his skin grows back. And there's no stop. Remember the Terminator? Terminator, what was it, 2? And, and that guy came from outer space, the bad guy, and he was liquid metal. Remember that thing? And don't act like you don't watch movies. You ain't that spiritual. Some of you watch bad movies in, anyway. But, but, you know, he gets hit with the bullets, and then, you know, it just... And then he gets hit with, you know, they take a shotgun and just blow that guy, sign it, and it opens up, and then blah, blah, blah. That's like you in his hand. You know, the, 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 your husband was preaching the other day, and then, man, that was some deep stuff about the, 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 the shield having like seven layers of skin, and you dip it in the oil and then the water, and, and, and it, that's awesome. That's, that's our shield of faith. But I'm telling you, even if one of those arrows did get through your shield, Hear me. It gets swallowed up in his glory. It get, can I just preach like I'm at a Pentecostal church? Man, I wish we had an order. It'll get swallowed up, hallelujah, in his grace. Because if God is for you, I'll do a little shambai. Who can be against you? You ain't got no problems. All you need is faith in God. Any shambok listeners in here? Amen. Listen, it, it's the truth. You really ain't got no problems. Right. All we need is faith in God. Right. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, I am not moved by what I feel. I am not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what I believe. So believe this. 
If belief is what is moving us along, believe this. You can't be stopped. No weapon formed against you can prosper. All those who rise against you shall fall. I will not fear what the enemy is trying to do. My God is greater. I don't care what I'm seeing. I don't care what I'm hearing. I don't care what they're saying. Hear me. Hear me. He's bigger. He's greater. He's greater than your lack of insurance. Listen, you want blue cross or blue shield? Or do you want red hot Jesus? Hello? Amen. Enemy got people all over the country concerned about enforcing insurance. Listen, let God be your insurance. Now, I'm not saying don't have insurance, but don't be worried about it. Don't get into fear about it. Amen. God's got you. And besides, you're so good looking anyhow. If God's for us, who can be against us? Satan wants to downplay the reality of God's ability to do anything and everything for you, period. I'll say it again. Satan wants to downplay the reality, because this is reality. It's real. That concerning your life, God can do anything and everything he needs to do, no matter what. I preached faith 20 years this year. 20 years. This marks 20 years of ministry. And I used to preach faith, and I still preach faith, but I used to preach it like you've got a, you, like, like a pressure on people. You've got to read the Bible, and, and it's good. You need a good godly pressure in your life to, to keep reading the Word. Faith comes by hearing. But I used to preach it sometimes from an aspect, and I hear other people today many times preach it like if things aren't moving in your life, you need to get more faith. And I guess there is, is some true things about that. But hear me, where your faith lacks, his faith picks up. You've got, you got this thing beat before it ever started. The enemy will try and use it in your mind like as if you ain't got enough faith and put the stress and pressure on your life. Anything attached to stress and pressure is not God. So you know this. Wherever you're lacking, he picks up. He is not lacking. And he is in you and he is with you and he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He's got you covered on, on all sides, everywhere. He's everywhere at once. He's all over you. We used to sing that song. He's all over me. He's keeping. Where's my harmonica? I know Rick wants me to play that harmonica. Where's that thing at? I'm going to sing the blues for a minute. Is this all right? You said flow. Is this the flow we were looking for? If I don't get invited back, this is your fault. <laughs> Oh, he's all over me. You know this one? He's keeping me alive. Oh, he's keeping me alive. Hey, he's keeping me alive. Oh, he's all over me. Yeah, keeping me alive. Oh, my Jesus is keeping me alive. Oh, he's keeping me alive. Yeah, he's keeping me alive. 
time. Oh, keeping me alive. This is crazy. He's all over me. Yeah, he's keeping me alive. I love you. Oh, Jesus is keeping me alive. Now, let's just cut it right there. What did we say was keeping us alive? Then why is it so often that the enemy gets us thinking that we're doing something about keeping us alive when it's the focus is supposed to be and the outlook is he's keeping us alive? Philippians 4.19, it's my God that shall supply all my needs. You know, since he's supplying your needs, that frees you up to be a need meter for somebody else. Most of human worry and stress and ulcers and heart attacks are stemmed from the idea that I have to take care of myself. What is that? That's a slow process towards devastation. You ain't got to do nothing about keeping you alive, about keeping you financed. You're saying we should all quit our jobs? No, don't, don't get goofy. That's just, you're smarter than that. I'm giving you credit, right? You don't have to, people will argue something. It's like, listen to yourself. Why are you arguing this in this non-existent, weird way? I'm not saying anything like that. Just know it's all on him. You're all on him to keep you alive, to keep you blessed. Hello? Amen. I'm not saying you just run out and do anything you want to do. And that, no, don't, don't be weird. You don't just run out and do whatever. You're disciplined. Hello? But hear me. Don't take any stress into your life about what you're going to do. Jesus said, had no thought about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. You live right now. You live. I like that voice. Oh, you got that voice. You live right now. Right now. Amen. Right now. I'm in a place of restoration. You still here? How much time have I taken, baby? Long time? What time is it? Oh, it's eight. Can I have a few more minutes? That'd be all right. Satan wants to downplay the reality of God's ability to do anything and everything for you. There's nothing. Man, settle this. Believe this. Remember, not moved by what I feel or see. I'm moved by what I believe. So believe this. You should write this on your mirror. There's nothing that he would not do And there's nothing that he has not already provided for. There's nothing he wouldn't do. If you being evil or natural know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in him? How much more? How much more? I don't know. It's unlimited. Hello? Sometimes in life, a challenge to our faith in God's ability will come along and the enemy, the devil, he's right there to try and shift your outlook away from God's provision, and get you focused on the circumstance at hand. You know the story of Peter stepping out of the boat. You know he began to sink when he took his eyes off Jesus. The whole, the whole scenario points us that never take your focus off of him. Don't get focused on you. Don't get fo- focused on your situation. Just continually focus on him. Come on. You keep your focus on him, you won't sink. And if you're already sunk, you get your focus back on him, you'll just just levitate, lift right back up. Amen. You're still here. You're going home. This is why we are called word people. This is why we confess the word. We pray the word. 
We pray the word over our lives every day, multiple times throughout the day. This is why I claim to be a word person. Not only that, I still claim to be a word of faith person. Amen. Amen. I'm a word of faith person. What am I, what am I saying? Throughout my day, every day, I feed my faith on his word. What am I doing? I'm making sure I, I stay in line, aligning myself with what he said. Not with what I feel, but with what he said. It's by reminding ourselves of what his word says that keeps us in these three things. Number one, the right mindset. Number two, saying and hearing and believing right. It's by reminding ourselves of what his word says. It keeps us in, number one, the right mindset. Number two, saying, hearing, and believing right. And number three, having the right outlook no matter what. You know, you can have the right outlook no matter what's going on. You can have the right outlook. Knowing that, hey, I'm just going to keep saying what he says. I know it's not what everyone else is saying. I know it's not what is on the news. I know it's not what seems to be true right now before me. But I just keep saying it. I keep saying it, and I'm expecting it to manifest. But if I don't see it manifest, I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm just going to keep talking like it's real, like he's real, like it works. I'm not going to settle. You know, if you keep pressing the enemy a hundred times, we'll try and get you to settle for something second best. Amen. You say, hey, we're going to have a, a three, we're going to have a three bedroom house, two car garage, two and a half baths, and two and a half kids. Isn't that the statistic? <laughs> don't claim a half kid. I just want to put that out there. That's what everyone else has. You don't want that. But you know, along the way, you know, he'll present a real... Real good deal on an apartment. And that you pass that up and go, no, no, we're going to have a three-bedroom house. We're going to have, you know, two-and-a-half bath, two-car garage. That's, that we, that's it. We're sowing towards it. We believe it. And all of a sudden, you know, this condo come up. They just knock 30 grand off of it. That's not a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half two bath like, like you're believing, like you've been saying. You know, there will be a hundred opportunities along the way That's right. to what you're saying. But hear me, don't settle. Don't settle. I'll tell you a little bit about my story. I have a feeling this is maybe why I got invited anyhow. Several years ago, ten years ago to be exact, I was pastoring a church up in New England. And... Uh, Went through a, a, a real bad divorce. It was public, small town. And uh, it just, it caught me off guard. Blew my mind. Just, just I mean, just, it, it was wild. How it happened, when it happened, the whole bit. And uh, it, it was very unexpected. And um, just to skip over a lot of details, I was crushed. Just every way, just every way you can think of. If you, many, many of you in here may have gone through a divorce. Uh, and uh, I never expected that. I grew up in Word of Faith home, been born again, filled with the Holy Ghost all my life. And uh, at that time, you know, when I talk about I'm a real testimony of going from devastation to, re- to restoration... And the things that I'm preaching, is, it's because these are the things that I, I've lived and am continuing to live because, because it works. That's right. That's 
You know, my divorce, though, it caught me off guard. It didn't catch God off guard. Right. Caught everyone in my church off guard. Didn't catch God off guard. Amen. I remember I got, I got um, there was like this supernatural grace the day that I found out some things. And the day that I was presented with some information that was designed not only to rock my world, but to steal my ministry. Hear me. The devil doesn't give two cents about you. Come on now. He ain't after trying. You know, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said, John 10, 10. But hear me. It's not because you're so hot. You know, he didn't try and get your house or your car or your stuff to get your house, your car, or your stuff. He's trying to steal your ministry. He's trying to steal your joy. And ultimately, if you take back, if you go back and link it all to whatever the enemy's tried to steal from you, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with you affecting other people. Because we, you have a ministry. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a ministry. You have a ministry. And as long as you are walking this earth, and you're walking it by faith, you're affecting people. Some of you have gotten under condemnation. Some of you ministers are, are, are feeling under stress that you're not affecting enough people. Listen, you're affecting more people than you know. Come on, preacher. You're affecting more people than you know. Why? Because it's supernatural in you. It's not about how many people I, I hit from a pulpit or, or how many invitations I get. No, you're supernatural. There's nothing natural about you. Come on. The enemy's constantly trying to pull you down to a natural level. Think natural thoughts. Live natural by natural means. Forget all that. You're not natural. You're unnatural. You're supernatural. And you feed on supernatural substance. That's what faith is. It's supernatural substance. That's good. That's good. I remember a few months as this set in, and I was kind of setting up camp, so to speak, rearranging my life getting my life figured out. I remember I had, I had shut off all anything Christian. And I was pastor at church. The only thing that I was remotely listening to concerning the word was my own preaching. I had already told God by the second month, I ain't reading my Bible. So this, this ain't right. This is not fair. And I knew... I knew it. As I was saying these words, I knew I'd be preaching about it one day. But I decided for right now, I'm going to do what everybody else gets to do. And I'm going to be mad. And I just told the Lord, I know I won't be like this forever. And, and, and if I die today, well, we'll just go on to heaven. That was my attitude. I had no fear of death. Still don't. But I had it in a negative way there. I, I just, I lost my mind. Not in a good way. And, 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 and the enemy wanted me to stay lost. It's about three months in. It, it was amazing. This is how good his grace is. Every service he showed up. I told him, I said, I ain't studying. I'm not going to read my Bible. I, I, I just, I said, this is what I said. And hear me, until you get desperate enough, you know, these things work for someone who believes they work. And sometimes we never get into the place for whatever reason until we're in a desperate situation. That's not how it's supposed to be. I didn't have to go through a terrible time in my life to rediscover God and rediscover faith. Come on. That's what I chose to do. I chose to be arrogant and angry. I chose to put up a wall. I chose to talk the way I talked. And I said, Lord, 
I am, I am not studying. That Bible will stay in that briefcase all week long, and I will go to Sunday, and if there's a message to be had, it will be supernatural, and it will be because you really are real, and if nothing happens, if there is no message, we'll just worship God, we'll go through the motions, take up the offering, and go home. I knew I had enough word in me from over the years that I could come up with something. Hello, we'll read John 3.16. Tell everyone God loves the world, God loves you, you're in the world, be blessed. Do you know what? You know what? The most fabulous sermons I ever preached up to that time, and I just stand there and bawl my eyes out. And, and most of the people, many of the people at that point, still two months in, had no idea what was fully going on. I had to stand up there. When I say he is, he, his mercy is endless and his grace has no boundaries, I mean it. And I said, well, I'm not interested in, I, I mean, I wasn't hanging out with any Christian people. Some of the things I was doing in my life were not Christian things, yet I'm still pastoring. And his grace saw me through. And I remember sitting in my chair, it was about 10 a.m. I'd been up all night. I'd probably been up till 5. Just sitting up, hanging out, me and my weenie dogs, <laughs> feeling sorry for myself, cussing myself, cussing anybody who ever crossed me, saying bad stuff, thinking bad stuff, telling God, you know, I, I get enough money, I'll burn this thing to the ground, and I'll be out of here. Those are the type of thoughts I was thinking, crazy. I remember I flipped on the TV, and this is the truth. I know I didn't put it on Christian TV, but somehow Brother Copeland was, was right there finishing up his broadcast, and this is what he said. I'll never forget it, and it hit me so hard. He said, you may be out there, and you're in a ditch. Just know this, it's your tongue that'll dig you out. And the minute I heard it, I got offended, I got angry, and I shut the TV off. And I, I laughed at the Lord on my way up the stairs. I said, I see, okay, now you're going to play that. You've got to show up in obscure ways and blow my mind. It's not that I don't believe you exist, Lord, but I never forgot that word. You know, that word pierced me because I hadn't been listening to any word for months. And it hit me, and I started dreaming about that, and I started thinking about it. It is his word that will get me out of this. It wasn't that many days later that I reconnected with the word of God. And though I didn't feel it, I started saying his word over my life. Lord, I thank you that you are restoring me. I thank you, Lord. I mean, I wasn't even fully divorced yet. That took over a year. I started saying things, Lord, I know you've, you've got the right You've got the right person for me. Oh, Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. And though I didn't feel it, and I have to skip forward, otherwise I need another hour, but, but right there is restoration. And, and, and hold off the clapping just for a minute. This is a constant reminder, not like you're an object, this. But, but my wife is a constant reminder to me of his faithfulness and his ability to restore. Right. Now I want to close with this, and I hope I haven't botched this up. This is too big of a sermon for me to do in, inside of like seven services. I want you to bow your heads before, before I turn this over. I believe in divine appointments. I really do. 
I'd like you to close your eyes and just respect this moment for anybody here. You might be here tonight. Maybe you have a similar situation. Maybe you have a worse situation. And the enemy's tried to use it to, to constantly remind you of why things are and this and that. I don't need to know all the details. I just need you to know that God is in the business of restoration. It could have been a business you lost. It could have been a loved one. It could Anything. Just know this. He's unlimited. And if you're like me and you've let bitterness in your heart and you've used it as an excuse for the way you pray as if God owes you something, hear me. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you more than you currently know. He loves you more than you'll ever know. In restoration, you're in his hands. His hands are restoration. Now, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm not even going to ask you to respond by faith. I just want to, I want to pray for you right now. I just want you to sit there. I'm going to believe God right now that the Holy Spirit, Lord, thank you that you speak a word. Lord, if it's just one more word they need to hear, whatever it is, Lord. Lord, I pray for each and every person here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you restore And you always restore better than it used to be. Lord, may we get the mindset that you're on our side, you're for us. Lord, I pray restoration. I pray peace. I pray healing. I pray grace. Thoughts of grace, thoughts of healing, thoughts of mercy right now over each and every individual here. Lord, thank you that you pick us up. You never let us down. Lord, there may be somebody here tonight that that feels away from you. Lord, let them know some way, some way before the end of this night, before their head hits the pillow, let them know they haven't gone anywhere. Nothing's changed. They're right in your hand. They're right there with you. Lord, thank you for your restoration. Devil, you're defeated. You are so defeated. You're so underneath our feet. It's not even funny. I bind you in Jesus' name. You will not plague our minds anymore. You be gone in Jesus' name. I command sweet rest. I command supernatural peace over you. Thank you, Lord. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm telling you, I can truly say that he is faithful. He is faithful. Yes. I, I really appreciate the, the time tonight. Uh, man, what an honor. Really, really is. Uh, Pastor Justin, Pastor Annette, wherever you all are at, I bless you. Thank you for this, this wonderful, wonderful time. Love you guys. Rick, Cassie, love you. Bless you all.